Hello and welcome to the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, a very special edition because I have with me the incredibly talented, incredibly funny, beautiful human being, Danielle Williams. How the heck are you? You know, life is good. I'm doing good. And I'm <laughs> yeah. so excited. Thanks again for reaching out. This is so sweet of you. I you love bet. It. You bet. And our backstory, it there, there's not a lot to it, but I feel no. like we've already known each other forever. We have. We've known each other through the cyber the world, I want to say, because we were connecting a lot on social media. Yeah. You're hitting me up for shows. Yeah. We're going back and forth. And for some reason, it never worked never out connected. we can be on a show together. Right. But I appreciate you always reaching out and thinking of me. But then, yeah. when the time is right, it always presents itself. Boom. In 2024, this is it. Look 2024 at was the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I, um, like three years ago, I got this random show at a casino that I mm-hmm. was producing. And so I just, and it needed to be clean. So I just started hitting up on my contacts. Who are the best clean comics that you know? And your name came up about 78 times. And I'm like, I got to reach out to you. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for us to perform, but you've been on my radar for years. But we had never met in person until last week. Mm -hmm. And then the energy. I mean, come on. It was so good. It was electric. And I was like, I got to have her on my podcast. I felt it. It was the universe speaking. And I said to myself, (laughs) this is amazing because I've never seen you in person. Uh Uh-huh. So it was our first time meeting. Yeah. You were phenomenal on stage. I was Your comedic timing and just your interaction with the audience. And you know what the best compliment is? What? Everybody at the end, a lot of people were like, was that stage? Was that pre set up? Did he like already pick those people out in the audience to mess with? No, now, it's just you and how good you are. So it's great. So what she's referring to is I did a show <laughs> and I had my keyboard on stage and I yeah. started interviewing some audience members, which is kind of my thing. Yeah, and then great. I improvised a song about them. And, and when I do that, people <laughs> think like, how could he do that? These must be plants. And yeah. he must have mm-hmm. gotten all this information and rewrote the yeah. song beforehand. But nah. No, it was nah, nah, nah. And the girl, and it was, and it was so spontaneous, and it was so well done, and it just flowed so naturally that we were all caught off guard when that girl in the front oh, row yeah. raised her hand because she was checking you out. I she know. was hitting on you. We're like, "Mom, I'm ready to get some." <laughs> That was good. That was good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So there was a girl in the audience who was her birthday. So I was interacting with her and it turned out she had like two kids and a boyfriend anyway. So as soon as she says that I have a boyfriend, this girl in the front row goes, I'm single. Really cute blonde. Yeah. Really cute blonde. She was fun. Yeah. And so then I'm like, well, now I got to deal with this. Yeah, I know. But you weaved it in really well. I weaved it. You sang the songs and people were just, they were along for the ride. And yeah. so, yeah, at the end, the biggest compliment is that they were like, that had yeah. to have been set up. How did he do all that? And it was just amazing. So there you go. Well, thank you. to all of your years of comedy. Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much. But enough about me. I have talked about myself nonstop on this podcast, and oh. I have you. I want to hear about you. Mm-hmm. Let the audience know who you are. I know a little bit, but I don't know oh. enough, and I want to know everything. Okay. Well, first and foremost, you know, hello. I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. So everybody that knows me calls me Diva Danielle. Diva Danielle. Yeah, I get no just, diva from you at all. No, not like crazy drama, because I don't have any of that surrounding my life. It's positive. It's upbeat. Yeah. It's supportive. It's loving. It's encouraging. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I always just, you know, go by Diva or Diva Danielle. And my backstory is um, professionally, I've always worked in media. So I got okay. my start in California working in radio. And I won a radio contest being the 19th caller on the last day. Listen <laughs> to my favorite station in the small little agricultural town of Salinas, California. Heck yeah. Which took me to the 2000 Grammy Awards. So I Wait, know, hold that on. was the contest. 
I need to unpack all of that. I need to unpack all of that. So you called in mm -hmm. to a radio show. Yep. You were number 19 on whatever. On the last day to qualify for the contest. On the last day to qualify. What was the contest? That you can win a trip to L.A. to go to the 2000 Grammy Awards. And you called in and you got it. Yep. Off was, to the Grammys. I was off to the Grammys and I had a wonderful time. Took one of my good friends, Kareen. We went to L.A. We got to see. And you know, when you're at the Grammys, it's very different than when you watch it on TV. Because you get to see all of the takes in between. Yeah. The, the changing of the sets, the costumes. You know, all the ins and outs. It yes. was a lot of fun. So I took in everything. And we went to a little after party afterward, had a wonderful time, got lots of pictures, lots of food and drink, which I don't do. I don't drink alcohol. But anyway, okay. I absorbed myself into it. It was a good uh -huh, time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Came back, told my story on the air, was super animated, over the top, you know, gave some great details. The program director at the time gets a hold of me and says, you need to work in radio. You get it. And I was like, I don't want to work here. I just like the personalities. <laughs> so long story short, I turned them down three times. Heck but eventually, yeah. I took the job in radio, which led to a promotion for me to move here in 2002 to do radio. And so no I worked way. in radio. I worked in television. And when I was in California, I would do stuff with the radio station without even working there. So winning that contest was just the catalyst to get me in the door to start this as my career. But part of the things that they would let me do when I started moving up into the, you know, workings of radio was they would say danielle you can go down to the comedy club hang out with the headliner he's going to come be on the morning show and promote himself so i would get to go down there i met all these different comedians darren um carter was one of them oh darren carter the party starter yes he was one mm -hmm. of them he would come and be on mm -hmm. our show all the time Heck yeah love so darren. i would go to monterey down to planet gemini and i met all these different comedians and they would give me an opportunity. So the people that worked there would be like, okay, you get to host tonight. So just introduce the comics, have some fun. So it was great. And these comics gave me such wonderful advice. They're like, you're always here. You're hanging out. You're fun. You're a natural. If you ever want to do comedy, do it when you feel you have some life experience, some stories to tell, and you can be your authentic self without missing a beat. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So fast forward, did all the TV, the radio, and about 2014, I decide, I think I want to go do some comedy. 2014. 2014. That's when so, I started. What? Stand up, yeah. Yeah, so I Stand went up. to an open mic. and in Here? Yeah. Which one? Scottsdale. Scottsdale, the old uh, Howard Hughes Club? Yep. No that way. That was my first open that mic. That was my first open mic. What? Look yeah. at us connected. Yeah. See? The universe is speaking. Yeah, yeah. And I had nothing written out, nothing planned. I just went up there and just sort of told who I was and just wanted to hear myself and feel what it would be like to be in front of individuals. Yeah, yeah. And then I started networking with comics, and they said, you need to write at least three to five minutes of information about something you can speak on without missing a beat. Yeah. That comes naturally. Yeah. So naturally. Naturally. I spoke about my glorious wigs. My love <laughs> wigs. I said my crown. <laughs> Let's talk about wigs. So I worked up to a three-minute, then a five-minute set on, on my hair. On wigs. Mm -hmm. On wigs. Because it was natural. It was easy. It was something I knew. Well, the the wigs weren't natural. The wigs. <laughs> somewhat. Somewhat. You know, once they came off of them other scalps, and they were mended and put together, I added some juice with some grease and made it natural, honey. I made it real natural. <laughs> Love it. But, yeah, it was... um. So that was sort of like my coming of age and coming to comedy and finally yeah. getting into it versus being on the radio and working with these different comics and having them be you know, share their information so people would come down and see them at the club. But they yeah. were so much fun. So I love it. that was 2014. Mm -hmm. So you do your first open mic. And then did you go like 
full bore comedy? Were you still doing radio? What were you up to then? No, no. So not full bore comedy. Just still learning the you know techniques and understanding comedy and doing local shows. But I still worked in radio and television. So yeah. I was doing news talk radio. I did some traffic. I was on TV. You know, doing freelance for different places. And then yeah, it just sort of morphed into people knowing that you're doing this and. Hey, well, you need to come host our event and yeah. get up there and rick a dick a do and tell some <laughs> jokes, you know? And it's like, oh, okay. I want to see the yeah. email that says, we need you to rick a dick a do. Right? It's just so crazy. We need a little rick a dick a do, everybody. <laughs> so it was just fun. And people started coming out and they want to support you because they just want to see you do well. And they're just like, what? You're doing stand up? Yeah. Which is so, like, for most people, the scariest thing in the world because it's next to public speaking, yeah. you know, getting yeah. in front of individuals. But I loved it, and it opened up doors, and I figured it was just an extra boost of confidence that I could build on, and it was, anyway, I was already doing that kind of stuff when I worked in TV and radio. You would have to go and host concerts and events, and if you could stall for time, think quick on your feet, add a little humor, ad lib, and really work on those skills, people pay for that, especially if they're looking for a host for an event Oh yeah. So I used it to my advantage, so that was part of, you know, the reason besides just the love of being creative, trying to figure out how to write creatively and get up there and be expressive and have some fun and just connect because comedians are the best. Yeah. They're yeah. so much fun. So yeah, it's just an extension of who I am, what I do and just how my life has kind of been. I love that. Isn't it crazy? I love it. Yeah. No, like a lot of people look at me and they don't see that. They see the journalist. Right. But they don't see that. They're like, you do stand up? Right. What? Yeah. That's what I always hear. I always yeah. hear that. Yeah. So I love all of that. Thank uh-huh. you for sharing that. That's amazing. So my I'm very passionate on going for dreams in your life. Right. And that's really was the catalyst for me starting this as mm-hmm. I consider myself a dreamer. I have big dreams. I go for them. And just the pursuit of the dream to right. me is what gives my life a lot of meaning. And mm-hmm. so I would love to hear what dreams are do you have? Do you have anything that you're going for? Right. What yeah. what what are you passionate about? Obviously, comedy radio, but mm-hmm. but talk to me about that in the framework of going for dreams. I'd love dreams, to hear your thoughts. Dreams, the impossible dreams. Dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I think everything deserves a song. I know, right? I, I'd be in the grocery store sometimes. Tomatoes on sale. See, that's what I need, right? It is so much fun. I, I am the it. same way. I break I into think... songs spontaneously all of the right. time. Everything needs a song. Right. Okay, hey, let's so... make sure we're pointing this towards that. Get uh, it, that get you it go. there, get it. All right, so, we need yeah, to start over. Um, Just kidding. You're so silly. Um, so, yes, I do have a lot of dreams. Let's One hear. of my biggest dreams was to, because I've always been sort of a connector, I love stories. Yeah. So I love stories, and I love hearing other people's stories because it's what connects us and finding that common denominator. So for me, I always knew I wanted to have my own show or some kind of venue to where I could spotlight, especially individuals who were the underserved, the less appreciated, the voices that you didn't hear. Because I believe that nonprofits and people in the community that are in the trenches, they are the backbone of our community. They have the most compassion A lot of them start their nonprofit from something that was horrific or life-changing, and they just want to make it better. So they throw caution to the wind. They go, you know, all in, broke as ever, navigating these charted waters that they don't know what they're doing. 
but they do it with a smile on their face. And yeah. I love that. So when I was working in television and radio, mostly in television, I volunteered immensely in the community and I loved it. Met a ton of nonprofits. And from there, it helped me cultivate a better skill set for interviewing, for communicating, and for listening. So I started working with children who were in nonprofits. Yeah. Because I could see them doing the work and they were so passionate about it, but they really didn't know how to articulate why and tell other people why they do what they do. And I said, if you can get to the point where you can speak on why you do what you do to help this nonprofit, giving of your time, people will buy into it and they'll want to help the nonprofit because they're so enthralled that you look at you, you're nine years old, you come here twice a week and you volunteer to help out. Right. And they want to know why and then you share the why behind what you do. It makes people feel a little bit more compelled to say, oh, okay, well then let me figure out a way that I could help this organization. So from there, I created what I call the Junior Public Speaking League. And I took all my skills that I learned in journalism and I started funneling them through these kids, helping them to understand that their voice is powerful, how to articulate and use their words, and also improve their vocabulary while boosting their confidence so they could speak on what they're doing. It turned into opportunities for me to do more things in the community to create a program and a workshop but in the beginning i didn't know that i was just doing what i enjoyed and yeah. what i loved and then from that um i sort of just you know the word started getting out working with different nonprofits but then things took a turn uh oh so in 2018 and i'm always someone who like physically takes care of myself i love working out i love watching what i eat but i like to eat everything i'm a foodie okay so, hey nothing wrong with that you know but i don't drink alcohol i don't smoke and i've never smoked and in 2018 i went from working out six days a week eating healthy and clean taking care of myself having severe pain in my back it started out very minor and it got worse as the months went on and i was progressively losing weight couldn't figure out why Go to the doctor, do an MRI on my spine. I was 94 pounds at the time, and I didn't realize I was as thin as I was. 94 pounds, and I was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. Oof. It spread to my spine, my pelvis, my shoulders. It was concentrated in my bones, and to this day, I still get treatment. It is insane, but I've had everything done. But So that in itself ended my career in television, so I thought. And I used, because I was on TV and people were trying to figure out why is she so thin? What is going on with her? So once I shared the news on the television station at the time that I was going through cancer and this is why I'm getting so thin, it opened up a door of conversations. But it ended my career at the television station, but it opened up an opportunity for me to do something and create a platform for myself, doing everything that I had already been doing up to that point. So I became my own news story, and I shared every aspect of it on social media with videos, live chats, pictures, and I showed the positive side of what it looks like to go through cancer. I would always do my hair and makeup. I'd do it with a smile on my face. I would show up. I would have fun. And that became my platform, my stage, to work on different material, to be in front of people, yeah, to share my voice. And it opened the door for a conversation for other non-smokers who get lung cancer. So everything that I've been doing helped me sharpen my tools for speaking engagements, comedy, hosting, creating content. And I used all that to launch my business, 
called Diva Strong Media because everybody calls me Diva. I hashtagged everything Diva Strong when I was sick, and I have a media background, so Diva Strong Media. Yeah. And now I just help, you know, individuals, educational institutions understand the importance of sharing their words, articulating their thoughts in a cohesive, concise manner, and doing it well so they can be respected and not disrespected, but also elevate their confidence because we all have something to say, and it's all tied into those stories, which is our connector. So everything that I did from the very beginning has come full circle in my life, and I use it to the fullest, and I love it. So my dreams have come true because I yeah. you know, get to interview people. I get to be in the community. I get to speak. I get to do podcasts. I get to continue to share the positive, and that's all I ever wanted to do when I started in this. And so I'm living, breathing, and doing it all still while going through my cancer journey, but Feeling fabulous and live hair. And you know? looking and fabulous. And get to wear my hair. <laughs> so it's good, yeah. right? So wow. That's it. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Crazy. Wow. First you? of all, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah, you're and welcome. I, I, I had seen on your social media, mm-hmm. I knew that you had experienced uh, uh, cancer before. I didn't know where it was at. Mm-hmm. So where is that at now? Uh, is it? in remission no, i'm pretty ignorant to, to speak about no, it no, so it's good everybody always asks because they'll look at me and i still work out i still take care of myself and i never yeah. look like i'm sick and that yeah. was my whole goal i never wanted to look sick and sad i wanted to be fabulous i wanted to show the good side <laughs> of having this horrible disease so i went from my 94 pounds to where i am today still working out trying to eat healthy it's so hard oh my I gosh i love my snacks i i but it's, you yeah, will get no judgment from me so on dietary crazy. i know restrictions it's so crazy <laughs> But I've been, you know, it's been five years because it was November 21st of 2018 when I was first diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So it's been five years since I've had the cancer. I still have my port because I receive treatments every two and a half months because it concentrated so much in my bones. I don't know what a port is, so you're oh, going to have yeah. to speak oh, a little ignorant. Stop a little bit. I have to show you. So a port, I don't know if you can oh, see it. Okay. It's this. Okay. So they put a little device in here and it hooks up to one of your main bl- um, blood vessels and arteries. And this is what they puncture, poke, and put the needle in so you can receive your medication so you don't have to use your veins because your veins will collapse over time. They get super sore in your arms, your hands. So if you port to a main blood vessel, it's super easy and simple. Right. So I have the port. I've used that for years. And, yeah, I take a pill every day, and I get um, every two and a half months my treatment. I still get scans on the regular blood work and stuff so they can keep on top of things. And I would love to think I was in remission because this is how I live my life like I am. But the cancer cells are still active because it started in my lungs but never spread there. Uh It spread everywhere else, spine, pelvis, shoulder. Then in December of last year, so I was feeling good. Then I started, you know, thinking, okay, yeah, sometimes I'm a little tired. Go get my scan. My doctor says, Well, we're going to do like we always do, the comparison. So they looked at the scan from a few months before to the scan I recently had at the end of November. And he says, you'll notice the spot in your lung has gotten bigger. We don't want these cells to grow, but this one is. And it never grew in five years. So Mm. all of a sudden it decided it wanted to show off. It's like a man you don't want in your life. He just be peeking and popping up when you don't want him. Oh, trust me. I'm that for (laughs) many women. cancer too you know he's my boo that i don't want <laughs> he just be hanging on by thread like i thought i blocked you on social mm-hmm. media he be popping now you're up. showing up in my work he be popping up <laughs> so i had to get um radiation treatments for a week to 
just address the issue in my lung. And I felt really good. And then about three weeks after it, it hit me really hard. And I was super tired. I could feel it in my body. But my doctor said that would happen. So yeah, I would love to think mentally I live like I am in remission and physically I do, but I'm not. I'm just, I tell everybody this is my new normal. So until yeah. the cancer cells are clear, until they don't see anything, until, because there's a lot of them that are still just sort of stagnant and they've been sitting there. Like there's one on my lower spine that's been just sitting there. And he goes, it's kind of like your lung. It just sits there. And he goes, it hasn't grown. It hasn't shrunk. And then the first time in five years, this one in the lung has changed. So he goes, we just got to monitor, but keep doing what you're doing. And every time I go, nobody thinks I'm there to get treatment because I will. I wear high heel shoes and sundresses <laughs> off the shoulder. And I'll be trying to look cute. I got big earrings on, hair, makeup. I bring my little tripod because I'll be taking selfies. And then I sit down and people are like, oh, you're, you're here to get treatment? I'm like, yes. And they never think that. And a lot yeah. of the nurses, they'll come over and they'll be like, we just came to see what you were wearing today. Yeah. How are you doing, Danielle? So They're it's like, become uh, Sorry, a thing. Club 56 is up the street. I think <laughs> right. you landed in the ER. Right. You were supposed to be. <laughs> it is so crazy because I'm the only one who stands out and looks completely different when I go to the cancer center and I go over in Scottsdale. And you go in and everybody, and it's true, everybody looks like they're going through a terminal illness. But I right. walk in there and I'll be like, hey, I got my big bag. I got colorful shoes on, hair's done, makeup, big earrings. Yeah, and I'm taking selfies. Sometimes I do videos. I'll be doing Facebook Lives. And they're coming over. They're doing the, you know, insert with the medicine. And I'm showing everybody so I can keep explaining. And wow, you get lots of positive you know, comments and it just helps fuel you and it just makes your day because it helps you push further. And I'm happy to say that all of this that I've done has been not only a highlight in my life, but it's been an inspiration. And I've oh, met yeah. women across the country and around the world who have all different types of cancers. And I get a number of people, I can't even tell you, that'll email me, text me, hit me up on social media. My cousin was just diagnosed. She's having mm. a hard time with it. Can you at least talk to her? I told her to check out your profile because of the way you've handled your cancer. Oh, my goodness. My aunt, she's going through it again. It's been 10 years. She was free and clear. Now she's got it in a different part of her body, and she's freaking out. I told her she needs to talk to you, Diva. Can you can you talk to her? If I give her your phone number, would you call her? All these people. But then you have these amazing connections because cancer affects everybody yeah. at some level. And you just open the door to be that soundboard for them to listen because I get it. I've been through it all. I've had surgery on my spine. I've had rounds of chemo. I've had radiation three times. I had to have it on my shoulder twice, in my lung. It's just crazy down in my pelvis area because the cancer is crazy. It's like that man. He can't get enough of the chocolate. He can't get enough of the chocolate. He's hanging on. He wants some more. And I said, go away. You got to take a step back because Steve ain't playing. The cancer is my own and I'm trying to get rid of it. I don't need you today. I don't need you today. Oh, I don't need you today. Babu, Babu, Babu. <laughs> Come on, how mess. often times do you get a, a, a beatbox to back no. you up? I'm gonna, I'm gonna like be like, hey, Paul, I just need a beat. I'm <laughs> here at the beat. cancer center. Can you give me a beat? I will throw that down. <laughs> oh, we should, so we should do fun. lives. I'm gonna come to your next cancer treatment. Yes. I'll bring my piano. Oh my god, they would love. That we'll would improvise. Be so wild. We will improvise. You sing. I'll just lay down a People piano lay in track. With their blankets and their, their push back in the chairs. They'll be like, what just happened here? What is going on? <laughs> It would liven the place up oh my for gosh. sure. 
This is so amazing. My mind is going wild with all kinds of thoughts and different fun, tangents right? we could take this. Mm -hmm. There's a very powerful principle here that keeps surfacing when I, you know, again, I, I talk about, about going for dreams and everything, mm -hmm. but this idea that you are showing up living the life that you want to live. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And living the best life. I tell yeah. people the cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. I remember it was about a month in because I had to have 30 days of intense radiation when I was first diagnosed. Wow. And I went to my doctor and I told him, I said, nothing. I've always believed this because I have a strong mental mindset. I said, nothing happens just to happen. There is a reason why I got this stage for lung cancer. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill my cancer with kindness. I'm going to wrap myself around it. I'm going to love up on it. And I'm going to be the best thing that has ever happened to me. Because I said I was doing everything right. Working out, eating healthy, taking yeah. care of myself. I got it for a reason. And it created this incredible platform. So now I get invited to different cancer functions. I get to speak. I get to inject humor. I get to so, show a completely different side of it. Because people will look at you. They'll be networking with you, talking with you, and they'll never think you're the guest speaker yeah. who has had the cancer. Yeah. And then I get up there and they're like, what? Right. So it blows their mind. And it just creates this conversation and it helps people feel relaxed. And there's a portion, depending on how much time I get to do when I am doing my set for comedy, that I will share some of the um, cancer and I'll sprinkle in some jokes and tags with it. And nine times out of ten, as soon as I get off the stage, I am bombarded, mostly with women. There have been a few men, but mostly women. Oh, my gosh, my sister three years ago was diagnosed. I, she should have came to this show. That's amazing. You right. look like nothing has ever happened to you. Thank you for sharing. I'm so glad. I, can, we don't need to follow you. We don't follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And then they want to connect with you. Or some people come up to me. You would be amazing. Do you do speaking? Because we have a corporate function every year and we're always looking for motivational speakers. I'm going to let my boss know about you. Yeah. And it's, so it just opens the door because people want to be inspired. They want to have hope. They want to see someone who has come through to give them that insight to say, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and I tell everybody, it's not easy. You have to be your own champion and cheerleader. It is a lot of work, but I've been living this way for a long time. So I get it. And it's, you know, I want to be here. So I'm going to put up a fight. I'm never going to just, you know, lay down and not do anything. Yeah. I mean, I will lay down for some things. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> okay. What just <laughs> happened? Not for this the cancer. Podcast no, was so wholesome. I mean, what just happened? So I wholesome. think it was the hair. The hair just got started talking. Well, we Look, know it wasn't my hair. It was a we Karen know moment. it wasn't my it hair. It was a crazy Karen moment that just came out. What just happened? What just happened? Oh my goodness. You're <laughs> <laughs> <I hear> crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. It's good. All I right. Love it. Okay. So she will lay down for some things. We just need to make sure. Like yoga. I'll lay down for hot yeah, yoga, yoga. Yoga. You know. Something. Um, when I'm stretching. Yeah. After that's, that's what we all know, thought. Late, you know, you do. You got to take those breaks. You got to take those breaks. <laughs> so. My goodness. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Let's talk. Okay, so I want to hear more about this organization then that you created around this whole idea. This um uh, the 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 diva. Uh oh my gosh, I already forgot the name. Oh, of Diva it. Strong Media. Yeah, Diva yeah. Strong Media. So tell me more. What's going on with that? How is that going? How mm -hmm. can people uh learn more about that? Work with you? Oh, nice. Let's I talk about it. it. 
So Diva Strong Media is um, my business. I'm an entrepreneur, but I utilize my skill set as a former broadcast journalist. And what I do is, like I said, I work with educational institutions, different companies, entities, sometimes just entrepreneurs by themselves to help them either prepare for a speech, prepare for a presentation they have coming up, give them some insight on how to craft and write different things. Yeah. And then just, you know, show them a opposite side of what they're so used to. So many people gravitate towards the technology because it's the first thing that we are doing all the time. But sometimes you have to take and look at the practical uses of just old school applications. So to give you an example, 2022, I was given the opportunity to work with the Chandler School District. So I was in three of their schools working with fifth graders. In each school, I had three classes of fifth graders. My whole job was to come in and help elevate their vocabulary, show them that their voice is powerful and that they can do little things to boost their confidence just by the words they speak, Mm. they choose. So I went in and my whole premise is, you know, I love technology, don't get me wrong, but I am an old school practical girl. And I believe that sometimes you need to go back to move you forward. So I take technology out of my fundamental educational process. And I give these kids an opportunity to do things that they don't do on the regular, which is look things up in a dictionary. Mm. I have a number of different typewriters. Just real quick, a dictionary is this (laughs) book that has every word and the definition. It's kind of like the phone book. Oh, remember the phone book, the yellow pages? The phone book, kids, is... crazy no privacy whatsoever I know, right? phone book. but yeah so i would tell the schools ahead of time you got to get the dictionaries and have them in the rooms and they have their libraries and stuff so the classrooms would have maybe one or two but she goes we don't use them really. right yeah so i had them bring the dictionaries i also would bring in my typewriters because i want to give these kids an experience that they're not getting yeah to help creatively start thinking I have to get them to understand how to write a story, what a story looks like, what it sounds like, and all the components because the majority of kids aren't reading books to where they have to write a report, they have to reference things, they have to research. So when you take away the use of a lot of your cognitive thinking, imagination, tangible, because your body has to feel and go off of all these senses. You have to smell the different pages. You have to visualize. You have to verbalize, write it down, think it out, be able to process elaboration and the fact that you are creating something and all the elements it takes to get to the resolve of the answer. Technology takes that away from children. It takes it away from society. So I try to bring it to these kids so they'll understand. So I try to get them to understand just practical things, what a story is, what it looks like, all the components of writing a story. And let me tell you, that was work. Just using the imagination was a lot of work. Getting them to describe words. And then ultimately, the goal was to get them to write a small paragraph titled, This Is Me, to share in front of their peers. So at the end of the five-week program, they would stand up with confidence and share a little bit about themselves after learning the components and elements to get them to write that with conviction. So that's what I've done. And I've worked um, with different businesses to help their employees prepare for job interviews. Sometimes entities to prepare for television interviews. Yeah. Because a lot of times people don't understand just some of the practical things you need to know when you're going to be on television. 
because the camera does do different things to you. <laughs> your angles are important. The things you wear, the words you choose, the, the hair you, you want to, you know, the way you wear your hair, all of these things play into, and a lot of people don't know that. And you want right. to put your best foot forward, especially if you're, you know, trying to get people to buy into your product or service. Yeah. Nonprofits, especially um, to help them, because a lot of times they have to speak before individuals to get grants and funding. And so they're going to banks sometimes they're going to different financial institutions or sometimes they're just meeting with individuals on a panel who do write out grants and want to hear their story. And so getting them to the point where they can use their imagination, express with freedom the why behind what they do in a way that captivates a person's attention to say, oh, my gosh, I am so moved. Yes, we want to help fund your business. Yes, we want to help move your your you know foundation forward. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being your authentic self and being able to just be vulnerable with us. And a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. And it's hard. And public speaking is a fear for many. So being able to help them get comfortable a little bit to where they can at least get through the basics is what I do. So now I'm working with um, the city of Phoenix. I'm in the Burton Bar Library and I've created a series of workshops for them to help specifically with entrepreneurs break out their business in different levels and it all centers around business communication which is public speaking writing your brand presentations and presenting yourself networking with purpose all that so that's what i've been doing and i love it love wow it. <laughs> i'm just sitting there thinking like i probably need all of your services <laughs> i'm sitting there going <laughs> like fine. i'm sitting there going like are my angles good is this know, the good shirt for right? the movie Am I want to look slim and trim. Am I speaking good? <laughs> Are my words goodly? Goodly. <laughs> my words goodly. So, yeah, that's what I do, and I love it, and I get to meet so many interesting people. And, again, it ties back to everything I do. Yeah. It's the stories because those are our connectors, and everybody has a unique story yeah. that sets them apart, that sets the tone. And a lot of people don't know how to incorporate their story into their business as an entrepreneur. But those are some elements that I help them with as well, and it just gets you to where you want to be. Well, not to brag. Oh, boost. Oh, but, toot uh, that horn, honey. Beep, I beep. did uh, win uh, best speech in my Toastmasters group back in L.A. Oh, I love that. Toastmasters is pretty Three years tricky. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, Toastmasters is pretty tricky. And then I went to the semifinals, mm. and I did not win. No, but you you were in the building. In the humor category, by the way. Oh. Well, so as a stand-up comedian. Not sad. I, I, it's all... It was political. Oh, anyway, yes, right? I, I made it about me again, and this is about you, boo. You're so silly. I love it, though. I love it. I love it. So mm -hmm. let's see. Let's talk about – I. by the way, again, thank you for sharing all of this. No, I am just welcome. eating all this up. I'm so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. I'm having such a great time with you. And um, when I look at <laughs> anybody pursuing their dreams, mm -hmm. I there's always this element of discouragement, things that aren't right. going well. And learning to navigate that. And I would love to just get some of your feedback, how you navigate that, your thought process, mm -hmm. if you have a a strategy or whatever, just to help all of us out there going for dreams and when it lot. doesn't go well. It's a lot. And navigation is hard because it's up to you to figure out what path you want to take. And there's so many different avenues you can try. 
things that work for me is like I, I'm a firm believer in less is more. Mm. And for people who are the experts in their field, utilize them. Don't try to take on everything yourself. Utilize your friends and their expertise or reach out to individuals. Network with people you know who are good at certain things that you need assistance with. Learn from them, grow, and then figure out ways to incorporate it when it's needed for you and use it how you need to use it. So I don't take on everything for myself. I do what I can do, and the things that I don't know how to do, I associate myself and affiliate myself with individuals who are good in that field. See what I can do to help them with whatever they're doing because you want to give back and then see what they can do to help you. It's a two-way street, but you've got to be open to understanding that you can't do it all. You're going to need some help. So rely on and look to those individuals who are really doing what it is that you can't do well to help you continue on the road so you can get to where you want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Um, so finding your people, yeah. delegating, finding what your strengths are mm-hmm. and delegating everything else. Absolutely love that. And what about some uh, words of encouragement for anybody out there who maybe mm-hmm. has a dream, is afraid to go for it? Yeah. What would you say? You know, you hear this all the time. Life is too short. Tomorrow, seriously, is not promised. Look at me. I went from having stage four lung cancer, 94 pounds, to being where I am today, five years On the Paul Green Comedy Podcast, the epitome of professional success. It's just crazy. You, you, first and foremost, you have to be your own champion and cheerleader. You got to get your mental mindset right. It all starts with you. Anything you want to do is not going to come from your best friend. It's not going to come from the person that you idolize on TV. Everything starts with you. You are the change in your life. And so you have to be your own champion and cheerleader. And you can't do it all at once. Baby steps. And I equate everything to hiking camelback. My number one goal physically was to get back to hiking camelback. And I kept telling my doctors, I'm going to do it. So one of my hiking friends found me a snow globe with camelback mountain in it. And she gave that to me when I was going through my intense chemo and radiation. And I was still so weak. And then I started just pushing, walking around my apartment complex, walking around my neighborhood. Then I got to where I was doing a little bit more. And I was telling my mom, we need to walk the canals. Little by little, small progressions. Then I would drive to Piestawa Peak and I would just walk up to the first little bridge, come back, go home mentally the next day. Okay, what can I do? So you have to take baby steps. The mountain is going nowhere. (laughs) The journey is long. It is a marathon. But for each step you take, you get closer. You build strength. You build conviction. And you build that endurance within yourself because you're the only one who can do it to get you to the top. And let me tell you something. It is the best feeling in the world because when I finally got to where I was, my breathing, my body stamina, my capacity to get to the top of Camelback Mountain. And I would always take pictures and put them on social media. And people were like, I can't believe you are hiking. This is crazy. And I was, I was still like getting treatments and stuff. I would be uncomfortable. I'd be sore. But my, I kept telling myself, my body's a muscle. It's a machine. Everything good I give it, it's going to be a reward. And it's going to give it back to me 10 times. So once I got to the top of Camelback Mountain, breathing heavy, tired, sore, elated with joy. I remember looking out over the city and saying, I'm so blessed to live in this beautiful place because nature gives you everything you need. 
and mentally, but by the time I was down the mountain, your body relinquishes the pain, the struggle, the agony that you went through. And your body has a way of giving you the endorphins, the hormones, and everything you need to feel joy, to feel good. And that's what it's there for. You will struggle. You will push. You will breathe heavy. You'll be uncomfortable. But as soon as you reach the pinnacle of where you want to be, your body releases it and gives you that permission, if you allow it, to say, job well done. You did it. And all you feel is good. Yeah. So keep pushing. You want to feel good. You want to be the best you can be. Dan Yell. <laughs> Diva Dan Yell. My gosh, I feel like we're in church. Amen. Can I get a hand? Jesus is Ooh. my Lord. I'm going to give my Mariah. <laughs> I can't sing to save my life. That's so crazy. Well, I am so grateful that you came out here. I'm so thankful. Thank that you, you for had me. sharing that incredible insight, your journey. I'm so glad that I got to know you better. Yeah. So glad uh, that you did this. And um, again, just thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm sure everybody who listened to this <laughs> will be so inspired by yeah, your story. Uh, how can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. It's the number one and only Diva Danielle. So one and only Diva Danielle. And my website to my business is daniellediva.strongmedia.com. You can email me through there. You can read my story. You can see the work I do. And if you need a speaker, motivational, inspirational, you need someone to come and rig it, dig it, do I am there for it. So get a hold of me. It's all good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Everybody, Danielle Williams, thank you again so much. <laughs> This is the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. I love you all so much. I hope your dreams are coming true. Mm -hmm. You're out there going for what you want in life. You're finding joy in that journey, yeah. pushing through the discouragement. I think we got some great advice uh, from Danielle today. So again, thank you all so much for listening. I love you, and I will talk to you tomorrow.